Welcome. You are listening to Liberty Solutions Now. On this show, we'll address the topics of natural law, consciousness, mind control, the occult, and everything else that is related to freedom on Earth. Liberty Solutions Now will take a look at what is truly going on around us and within us in order to offer powerful, grassroots solutions to the biggest problems we are experiencing. Now here is your host, Justin Bauman. All right, welcome to the show. My name is Justin Bauman. This is episode two of Liberty Solutions Now. My website is libertysolutionsnow.com. Today is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. So we talked about suffering, how failing to live in alignment with truth is the cause of suffering, and how truth is just simply what exists in nature. When I say suffering, I'm talking about a very particular type of suffering, in case I wasn't clear in the first episode. I'm talking about unnecessary self-inflicted suffering. Just by being in the physical world itself, in a physical body, there's discomfort and pain that is unavoidable. This isn't what I'm talking about. It's the unnecessary self-inflicted suffering I'm talking about. Then, um, just recapping here, we briefly covered solipsism, the greatest deception in existence. Uh, It's the deception that if you buy into it, you are completely hopeless and unteachable because you believe there's no such thing as truth. We define what consciousness is, which is having the ability to recognize the existence of yourself and to recognize patterns and assign meanings to them. Then I gave some simple examples of what low and high consciousness can look like. We also talked about the two opposing forces in nature, which are love and fear, and that love expands consciousness while fear shuts down consciousness. Lastly, we talked about the triune brain, which consists of the R-complex, mammalian brain, and neocortex. Then we gave a concrete example depicting a jealous lover showing how fear shuts down consciousness by making the R-complex hijack the central command center of the entire brain, replacing the neocortex as the head of the brain. I wanted to also give another powerful example that nearly everyone can observe all around them in regards to the fight or flight fear response cycle and the reptilian brain taking control of an individual. You don't have to look any further than people's insane response to the COVID-19 pandemic. This is about as in your face of an example as you're ever going to get. These people stuck in the fear response cycle are people that tend to watch a lot of the mainstream media news on TV. It's particularly strong in those that watch CNN. Just like in the jealous partner example I gave in the previous episode, these COVIDians, people terrified of COVID, are living in the R-complex of their brain 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It is intense, chronic fear that never stops. Their neocortical functions have been completely turned off, so no logical thought is possible when the subject comes up. It's like they're being constantly chased by a tiger. It's not really happening, but their brains think it's actually happening. Since the R-complex has become the ruler of the mind, due to the intense primal fear, all the mammalian brain and neocortex can do is reflect the R-complex's fear state. As long as these people are operating in this low consciousness state and stay there, no matter what data they are shown and no matter how harmless a virus appears to be in the real world, they will never feel safe and will be willing to support anything authoritarians want to do, no matter how vile and evil it is. Any data that is presented will be rationalized away because it doesn't match up with the fear response cycle they're stuck in. They can't see anything else that is not fear when the R-complex of the brain is in control. Anything not fear-based will not resonate with these individuals. They will simply not see it. The invisible gorilla basketball experiment demonstrates approximately how this works. 
I believe this experiment was done in the early 2000s. I've left a link to the video of it in the description. Go ahead and pause this presentation and watch it. I'll give you a minute. Welcome back. For those of you that didn't or couldn't check the video out, I'll briefly summarize it. In this experiment, three young adults in white shirts and three in black shirts passed basketballs around. The viewers were asked to keep a silent count of the number of passes made by the young adults in the white shirts until the passing stopped. At some point in the middle of all the passing, a person dressed in a gorilla costume walks into the middle of the action, thumps their chest, and then walks away. The gorilla spent nearly 10 seconds in the middle of the action. Viewers were then asked if they noticed the gorilla after the video ended. This video was shown to Harvard students and half the students that watched the video that were trying to count the passes completely missed the gorilla. I even missed the gorilla when I first watched this video. This was an experiment on selective focus. I encourage you to show this video to a friend or family member of yours that hasn't heard of this experiment and see if they notice the gorilla at the end. I get the feeling the results will be very enlightening for some of you. The inability of some people to even see the gorilla approximates what's going on with these people whose consciousness has been shut down due to the fear of COVID. They are only seeing the passes, or all the fear-inducing information. They don't see the gorilla or every other piece of information that shoots down the narrative they bought into. As long as their selective focus remains hyperactive, there's no limit to where they'll let authoritarians take this. They'll only come to their senses and put up resistance to authoritarianism when they come out of the fear response cycle and not a second sooner. Being stuck in this fear response is so strong in fact that there will be people voluntarily going to quarantine camps for indefinite periods of time if they perceive it will help keep them a little safer from the virus. I'm not even exaggerating here. The longer they stay in this state, the more the whole brain will become damaged and show signs of dysfunction, which will make it increasingly more difficult to get out of this state in the future. Like I previously explained in the first episode, this is because the fight or flight response generated by the R complex of the brain will push out large amounts of blood to the extremities of the body, which are the arms and legs. This is richly oxygenated and nutrient-dense blood that would otherwise be going to power the brain to keep it healthy and properly functioning. Without enough of this blood, and for long periods of time, the brain and body will experience continuously declining health until the person looks something like this. For those of you that are listening to the show in podcast format, I put up a picture of Gollum from The Lord of the Rings. Now before we move on, I want to make one thing clear. Don't just believe anything I tell you. I don't want you to believe anything I tell you. I want you to consider what I'm saying and then try to prove it to yourself. None of this is my information. This is very old, ancient knowledge many teachers have taught throughout history for a very, very long time. This is all information I've been exposed to by many teachers throughout my life. But I would say Mark Passio helped me to actually put all the pieces together. It is not my own information or any of my opinions. I'll let you know when I'm expressing an opinion. All I am is one of many people that has been able to recognize the knowledge I'm presenting through firsthand experience, contemplation, studying, and lots of suffering. All I'm doing is simply putting my own spin on the information and trying to convey it in a way that makes sense and is relatable to a modern audience. Really take time to contemplate what I'm laying down here. Don't rush through any of the content. Write down questions that come up. Write down objections you may have. Take time to ponder before you move on. Consider what's being said and see if you can prove these teachings to be true through your own direct experience. 
Think back to past experiences you had and observe the ones you are currently having. This is what will truly lead to deep understanding. This isn't a show that you put on in the background and passively listen to. To get the most out of it, you need to become an active participant with the material. And the most powerful ways to do that are through silent, careful observation and contemplation. Okay, let's get into today's content. Now that we've covered the triune brain, the three parts of it, the next important concept to understand is the roles that the left and right hemispheres play for healthy brain function. The left brain has been said to be the masculine yang part of ourselves, and the right brain has been said to be the feminine yin part of ourselves. Each side expresses different characteristics. The left brain functions involve tasks like analytical thought, logic, language, science, and math. The right brain functions involve tasks like holistic thought, intuition, creativity, and artistic abilities. Ideally, both of the hemispheres of the brain would be balanced. If they are not balanced, then the brain fails to function properly and actually becomes damaged over time. In order to maintain brain balance and prevent imbalance, or to reverse an imbalance, both sides of the brain must be exercised, much like how muscles at the gym that you want to grow and stay healthy must be exercised. Failure to address an imbalance or letting the brain become imbalanced has health ramifications and also results in distorted perceptions of the self and the world. This has been referred to as the schism of the mind and the worldview schism. This mind schism creates a very distinct way of being and behavior depending on whether the imbalance is right, left, or both brain imbalanced. Let's start with the left brain imbalanced. When there is a left brain imbalance, the person will develop a deep desire for control and will resonate with a very particular set of ideas and beliefs. Atheism, solipsism, scientism, moral relativism, social Darwinism, eugenics, and totalitarianism are examples of these ideas and beliefs that the left brain imbalance individuals will act on. Those right brain imbalanced will resonate with different ideas and beliefs. These can include beliefs found in traditional cultural religions, like Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. The unworthiness of the self, underlying self-hatred, and submission to man's authority will be seen as morally right. Addiction is very common in the right brain imbalanced, mostly due to the out-of-control emotional states caused by the imbalance. Ultimately, if the imbalance is bad enough, those right brain imbalanced will see themselves as slaves, and those left brain imbalanced will see themselves as dominators, the masters of slaves. The schism of the mind gives birth to the worldview schism. Let's start with the left brain imbalanced. These people will have tendencies towards the randomness worldview. There is no God, they will say. The universe is dumb, mechanical, and has no underlying intelligence in it. There is no purpose to anything. Morality is subjective, so I can just make up what is right and wrong. There is no natural law. They develop contempt towards themselves and others and have a win-lose type of attitude. Due to this worldview, life is all just about serving themselves and winning, even if that means stepping on others to do it. Now let's explore the right brain imbalanced. These people have tendencies towards a determinism worldview. They'll say things like, God is in control, and truly believe that every little event that takes place on earth is predetermined by God. They'll also say, there is no such thing as free will. There's a lot of new age people that fall into this camp as well. They truly believe that there's nothing they can do to influence what will end up happening in the world at large. It's all God's plan, they say. 
or it's all the plan of the universe or source. So these people just wait around for conditions on earth to get better or wait for some promised afterlife. The majority of us may believe we came to the conclusions about ourselves and the world around us that we have by thinking and through reason. We may think we alone are the ones that decided on the beliefs and worldview we have. I'm here to say there's a lot more that plays into how you think and feel. But if your brain is horribly imbalanced, you will lack the higher level of consciousness necessary to see if you actually decided on the fundamental beliefs you have on your own or if they were implanted into you through conditioning. Let's go back to solipsism briefly. Left brain imbalanced atheists who are solipsists will say there is no God, therefore there is no truth. Or they'll say there is no truth, therefore there is no God. Likewise, the New Age movement embeds solipsism in its religion as well. These New Age gurus teach their followers that they themselves are God, and they alone are creating all of external reality. These gurus say to their followers that if they meditate hard and long enough, then they can relearn how to be God of the entire universe and control all of external reality around them. These deceivers try to get their followers to believe if they do what they say, they'll be able to eventually directly control the actions of others around them because ultimately everything is being generated alone from their own human mind. This implies there is no objective truth present. It's just your own mind imagining things happening around you. And since you are the almighty God, you don't have to take any action at all to improve the conditions of the world. You only have to think and feel it into existence. All you have to do is meditate well enough to eventually see how your mind is imagining everything around you and then change what you're imagining to change external reality. It's important to explore the natural progression of the solipsist to understand why this ideology is so dangerous. Solipsism leads to atheism, or it could be the other way around. Atheism leads to solipsism. This new age thinking can also lead you to solipsism. Both of these religions lead to the belief in moral relativism. Moral relativism is the belief that since there is no truth, we get to decide what is right and wrong based on our own preferences. Since we get to do this, then morality is subjective. Subjective morality leads to social Darwinism, the belief that only the most well-adapted individuals in a species are fit to continue surviving and pass on their genes. If enough people subscribe to social Darwinism, that leads to authoritarianism and totalitarianism. The left-brained are okay with being rulers, and the right-brained are okay with being ruled. Beliefs aren't benign. They're not harmless. They're taken in on the mental plane, and then they dictate what someone's actions will likely be that are taken in the physical plane. What you'll end up seeing is someone's actions reflecting how they think and feel about themselves and the world around them. You cannot separate these three planes of existence. You take in a belief much like how you take a pill. If the pill is made of highly nutritious whole foods, you'll benefit from it in the form of better health. However, if the pill is a poison pill, then you can expect to become very ill and perhaps even die in a very short period of time. What so many do not consider are the effects that the health of the physical body, particularly the brain in this case, has on what sort of thinking and beliefs that an individual will resonate with. When I say resonate, I just mean what an individual will be in alignment with. It's what an individual will be attracted to. If someone is not in resonance with an idea, they'll have strong urges and oftentimes be emotionally pressured to reject it. If someone is in resonance with an idea, they'll be drawn to it. 
it almost feels like a magnetic attraction. An individual isn't just deciding on their worldview and beliefs all on their own consciously. Instead, they are being physiologically pressured to go in a certain direction. If they are unconscious of what's going on within themselves, their way of being is merely a byproduct of the brain attempting to rebalance itself, just like how mathematicians balance algebra equations to solve problems. A person's thoughts, emotions, and actions are merely a manifestation of the brain attempting to rebalance itself in this case. It's a physiological coping mechanism. Based on what's going on under the hood, so to speak, is playing a large role in determining whether concepts based in truth actually click in their minds for them. With imbalance, the opposite will typically take place. They just won't get it. A truthful idea won't click in their minds for them. They'll have strong urges to reject truthful ideas that don't resonate with what their brain's coping mechanism has strongly pressured them to believe in. So instead of forcing the brain to attempt to rebalance itself in a dysfunctional way without your awareness, the goal is to consciously work out the algebra equations yourself to keep the brain properly balanced to begin with. The health of the physical body is not separate from the health of the brain and the health of the mind. Garbage physical brain health begets garbage mental and emotional health. The opposite is true as well. Garbage mental and emotional health begets garbage physical health. As above, so below, and as below, so above. This is an occulted, hidden, natural law. It's called the law of correspondence. If someone is left brain imbalanced, this part of the brain dominates the neocortical functions, and the neocortex becomes destabilized and damaged over a period of time. The same is true of right brain imbalance. Eventually, when it becomes damaged enough, it can no longer fulfill its role as the central command center of the brain. It can no longer act as the CEO of the whole brain. When this role can no longer be fulfilled by the neocortex, either the mammalian brain or the reptilian brain step up to replace the neocortex as the CEO of the entire brain. What determines which parts of the brain steps up to take the role of the CEO is dependent upon whether the individual is right brain or left brain imbalanced. For those of you not familiar with business, CEO stands for Chief Executive Officer. The person who takes this role in an organization or a business is considered to be the head of the organization or business. They make all the big picture decisions that dictate the direction their organization will be going in. Below the CEO, you have middle management. Middle management specializes in completing different tasks from what the CEO engages in. Because of this, their skill set is different. If middle management had to take on the role of CEO themselves, they wouldn't do as good of a job in running the organization because they're not qualified for the role. This is exactly what's happening when the neocortex becomes damaged through right brain or left brain imbalance over time. The CEO, neocortex, becomes too ill to carry out its duty as the CEO of the brain and has to step down. Since someone has to steer the ship and make the big picture decisions, middle management, which is the R-complex or limbic system, is forced to take on the role of CEO in addition to carrying out its middle management duties. So what you end up with is a very dysfunctional organization, but in this case, it's the brain. In modern times, the aim of society is to put you into a brain imbalance prison, a left brain prison a lot of the time. This can be seen through the school system. 
Exercising the right brain by expressing creativity through art and music, for example, are an afterthought in the curriculum. What's really emphasized is reading, writing, and arithmetic, which are all left brain activities. Even once a young adult goes out into the workforce, the type of activities they are largely engaged in for a job are left brain activities. How right or left brain imbalanced someone is not only influences their thoughts and beliefs, it also influences what sort of activities the person will want to do as well. For example, if someone is an accountant and crunches numbers all day, then when they get home from work, the brain will want to rebalance itself. And in doing so, this person will have a very strong urge to engage in a right brain activity, such as passively watching television. And there awaits additional types of mind control right on the screen. When an individual is chronically left brain imbalanced, the mammalian brain suffers. The more the left brain imbalance someone becomes and the longer they stay that way, results in the inability to feel emotions. This person becomes cold, callous, and calculating. Without the help of the mammalian brain to feel empathy towards others, they develop a dominator type of mindset. When an individual is chronically right brain imbalanced, the R complex suffers. This results in someone being completely ruled by emotions. With the R complex damaged and dysfunctional, and because it is responsible for survival instincts, these individuals will tend to exhibit feelings of unworthiness, low self-esteem, and suicidal tendencies. They develop a slave-like identity as a result. The emotional chaos within a right-brain imbalanced individual makes them easy prey for a left-brain imbalanced dominator type. It's a match made in hell. Just because someone is left-brain imbalanced and can't feel their emotions, which includes the emotion of fear, doesn't mean they can't still act out of fear. They're being run by their primal survival instinct to protect themselves, whether they're feeling an emotion or not, which is always fear-based. The base brain is controlling them and makes them perceive everyone and everything around them as a threat, whether it's logical or not. Remember, fundamentally, fear is not an emotion. It's a force in nature. Also, just because someone has a damaged R-complex that's responsible for the fight-or-flight fear response doesn't mean they can't feel a fear emotion. A right-brain imbalanced person may experience an emotional fear in the limbic brain in response to feeling not good enough as a person that leads to suicidality, which is against the R-complex programming to preserve the self out of fear. I understand it could be difficult to wrap your head around this at first. The right and left brain imbalanced are both acting out of fear, even if it's difficult to see to the untrained eye. The only difference lies in how the fear will manifest in the external world. The particular physical manifestation, what the fear will look like, depends on whether the individual is acting from left or right brain imbalance. Due to the mind being divided and not unified, this manifests as a worldview schism. The worldviews the right and left brain imbalanced have are directly opposite to each other, and neither of these worldviews are completely true. They each only contain part of the truth. It is first only through balancing the brain can the mind schism be healed and leave open the opportunity for the worldview schism to be reconciled. It is only possible to see the world as it actually is once the right and left brain hemispheres are working in unison. Once this unison is achieved, the person is no longer living in the base brain R-complex, letting their basic primal survival instincts dictate every paranoid action they take. 
On the other hand, they are also no longer a slave to uncontrollable emotional states that is characteristic of a right brain imbalance, when the limbic system is in control. In this balanced state, they no longer see themselves as a dominator or a slave, and are not participating in this dynamic in the external world either. With the neocortex properly functioning, undamaged and at the helm of the brain, calling the shots as the whole brain's governor, this person has reached a state of true self-governance. They've completely opted out of the master-slave dynamic. They've successfully opted out of the game internally and can then start to do the work to do it in the external world as well. I encourage you to not underestimate the power of the human brain and its health. The capabilities of the human brain are what separate us from every other creature on earth. It's the tool that allows us to interface with the external world and have a human experience. It's a gift that many other beings on this planet were not given. For whatever reason, it was given to you. And I think it deserves respect for that very reason. You've been listening to Liberty Solutions Now. My website is libertysolutionsnow.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this content if you'd like to be alerted when future episodes come out and also help others discover it as well. Thanks for listening.